Thanks for joining us for the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of branded hospitality ventures share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. Thanks for the introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Branded. We work at the intersection of hospitality, food service, technology, innovation, and capital. You know, for the month of August, we've been taking a break from our usual interview episodes and bringing you the best of season of all your favorite segments. We're- Give me a little Brant Lake alma mater, Jimmy. Oh, my goodness. When the moon shines down on the lake. We're bringing the best of old favorites, such as Top of the Tech Stack, Which Came First, as well as Tried and True Favorites, Talking Back, and the Crystal Ball Moment. And, of course, we can't leave out our most popular episode, at least according to one person, the Branded Quickfire. And today's episode features the best of Which Came First. The idea for this segment came about actually over a common joke that the only other industry slower to embrace technology behind hospitality was coal mines. And this got us thinking, is hospitality really that far behind or are we actually ahead of the game? Each guest on segment six, segment six, season six, got to take their very best guest on when hospitality was ahead of the game or maybe not so in a string of fun questions. While we love the segment, and spoiler alert, hospitality products were in fact the winner. There were, however, not enough examples to extend this segment to another season. This is a one-hit wonder. This is a one season and we move on. But today, we're going to relive the best moments. Before we get started, however, we have a very special guest host today who's joining us for the Best of series after he received rave reviews as our guest host on our On the Road at Mertech episode. We're bringing back none other than four-time guest and now named the technology guy, our friend, our partner, Mr. Sterling Douglas, CEO of Chally. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, did you just run out of examples where hospitality was ahead of other industries? Was it was that- really <laughs> hard to find. It was really hard to find a lot of innovation. But I got to tell you, it's a, it's a really this is this is special because before we get into this best of which came first, they're like, I got a surprise. Okay, because okay, we are taking the segment out of retirement in honor of you being here today. Oh, okay, boy. that's right, Sterling. So are you ready to play? Which came first? We found something to dig up. We dug something else up. Are you ready? Um, yeah. The, uh... Okay, which came first? The food service loyalty program or the airline loyalty program, a.k.a. frequent flyer program? Sterling, care to guess? Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think back to original either Do- – I think Domino's had their point program in the mid-'90s. I think airline loyalty started earlier in the I think earlier nineties. I think it's like ninety two. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I don't airline. think you were born yet when uh, airline. I I'm so I'm so happy. Well, well, I'm not saying Sterling's wrong. I'm just so happy he chose the airline because I'm thinking if we dug one one more, I'm thinking we had to dug up one more where the where the hospitality industry wins. I'm saying food service loyalty came first. Jimmy's played the game many times. He knows we're not ah, answering. We don't ask dang. these questions. 
Betty Crocker introduced their top box program when tops were uh, box tops were coupons that were printed directly onto the package. If you remember this, Jimmy Sterling, you weren't even uh, even thought about when this was going on. You could take those tops and redeem them for premium uh, premium rewards. This was back in 1929, laying the framework for loyalty programs. Betty Crocker, way ahead of her time. It wasn't until 1979 that Texas International Airlines created the first frequent flyer program that used mileage tracking to give rewards to its passengers, while in 1980, Western Airlines created its Travel Bank, which ultimately became part of Delta Airlines and their program in a merger in 1987. And we all know, because Jimmy, we are the medallion, the kings of medallion miles. I was we all close. know that. What is it close? 1929, so that's when you were growing up. You used these? Yes, uh, I was always clipping. In 1929, I had so many reward points on Betty Crocker. I mean, I was eating cake and stuff forever. Anyway, I got to tell you, anyway. I, I have had, I've had a long and uh, difficult love affair with Betty Crocker's products. Yeah. Long, long Jimmy, love affair. Jimmy and Betty, definitely. <laughs> Jimmy sure. and Betty. All right, let's get into the best of. All right, here we go. Um, some of the favorite themes, some of the, some of the things came up, some of the questions. Which came first? The first online Pizza Hut delivery order or the first online Amazon order? Which came first? The digital menu board or the first digital billboard? Which came first? The restaurant drive through or the bank drive through? Which came first? The, autom- the automated bag- a baggage claim at airports or the supermarket conveyor belt checkout lane? Which came first? The ability to make a restaurant reservation online or the ability to make an airline reservation online? I always love this one. Which came first? The car wash or the dishwasher? That's awesome. Uh, which came first? The hospitality cash register or the retail cash register? Which came first? The dumb waiter or the boom lift? That thing that you see construction workers use to carry up uh, paint or equipment? Mm-hmm. All right. Which came first? The vending machine or the bank ATM? Which came first? The electric kiln or the electric toaster oven? And finally, which came first? The waffle iron or the laundry iron? I got to tell you, that's a lot of which games first. I, and, 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 you know, then we uh, certainly we eventually ran out of uh, <laughs> things. But I got to tell you, I mean, those were some really interesting. We had a lot of fun with that. Those are because, good ones. Uh, it took Jimmy maybe till the second or third episode to recognize that we were asking those questions. And usually the winners were the hospitality or the food service. Yes. But, uh, that's why I was so good today. Yeah. That's, no, 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 <laughs> you, you, you killed Sterling on that one. I knew yeah. you would, but it was really, that was a lot of fun. We really liked that segment. And uh, I'm glad that we brought it back to find out that loyalty uh, was in 1929. Betty Crocker. Anyway, uh, Sterling, anything to uh, weigh in on the, uh, the first, uh, which come first? Uh, I mean, Okay, we'll take it. That's excellent, excellent. Thank you for that comment. That's, That's why the technology guy is terrific. What I, what, I, what I would say is that despite the we, – we were able to find a handful of technology innovations or where the industry was on the leading edge, I would say – this industry is incredibly fragmented. And as a result of the inability to have one size fits all, as a whole, we still recognize that our industry, as we joked at the top, relative to coal miners, we're kind of a little bit laggard and we're very set in our ways. And that's where kind of the expression about the pandemic having changed nothing and accelerated everything came in because it forced operators to really embrace tech and guests to embrace tech. And the combination of both guests and operators saying, all right, 
let us see what's available to help us with the, you know, our efficiencies. It's now tech is out of the bottle and it's not going back. I, I don't think most. I don't think most people understand. Uh, restaurants are one of the most deceptively difficult business models. If you if you compare them to other popular uh, business models, they have um, things like just in time delivery. They have multi channel. Uh, for they uh, a menu structure is actually an incredibly complicated data set to work with. When you're when you work with Amazon or retail, it's just a catalog of items. You don't have this idea of modifiers and all these things that make it so much more complex. I also find it wild. Like if you think of a restaurant, like the manufacturing facility yeah. is a few feet away from the customer engagement aspect where you're, you're producing this food and you're quickly getting your product out to your guests. Not a lot of uh, retail outlets are actually sewing the items in the you back. You're going to a gap and yes. see them making the shirt Correct. for you. That's what I'm saying. No, and I think what, what most people don't realize, there are probably 20 to 40 tech vendors in every restaurant that you go into. And you, you don't even, you wouldn't understand why they're there or where they are. You say, oh, POS, that's all you need, right? There's a lot that goes into it. You know what we love about the best thing about it, Jimmy, is everyone thinks they know the yes, business because they, they all eat out yeah. and everyone's all cooked up a yeah. burger at one time. So everyone knows how it all you works, right? People love my mustard grilled hamburger. <laughs> I think as uh, Noah Glass, I think, said, restaurant says food that is perishable, has infinite configurations and must be made to order for just-in-time consumption under strict regulatory standards for health and safety. That is a tough business model. First up is Evan DeSantola, CEO of Aga, doing some great stuff. Take it away. Which came first, the restaurant drive-through or the bank drive-through? Oh, that's tough. I feel like I'm going to say bank drive-through because it's got to be a trick question. Jimmy, Jimmy, but... you don't. I don't think you saw the answer to this. Do you know? I didn't. I did not see the answer to this, but but I'm going to agree with Evan simply because. Um, it would kind of be a little bit of deflating to be like, we claim to be worth slow. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, we were head of the banks. We were head of the financial institutions and drive through So I'm going to agree with Evan, and I'm going to go, we were slow being hospitality. Financial industry was faster than us. I'm going with the, the, the banks were first. Banks were first. Final answer, both? Final answer. Sure. And I got to tell you, the first drive through in America was Hillcrest State Bank out of Dallas, Texas in 1930. It was not until Harry and Esther Snyder, Jimmy's very dear friends on the Upper East Side, um, <laughs> from In-N-Out Burger chain, built the first drive-through in 1948. Fun fact: In-N-Out, because the restaurant name that promised exactly that, it delivered in and out, huh? Next up, we have Lindsay Hole, founder and CEO of Dispatch Goods. Which came first, Lindsay, the car wash or the dishwasher? Oh, the dishwasher. Wow, look at that. The first dishwasher to be granted a patent was invented in 1850 by Joel Hofton. It was wow. a wooden box that was used to hand, and hand-turned a wheel to splash water on dirty dishes, and it had scrubbers, and that was the first practical dishwasher. But the first, that was the one that got the patent. The first practical dishwasher was invented by a woman named Josephine Cochran. And That's she awesome. built this in the shed behind her house in Illinois in 1886. So, man, that's been going around a long time. And the first car wash, not till 1914. That's amazing. Women love start, starting dishwashing companies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the first car wash business was 1914. 
And that was called the automated laundry. And they pushed cars through a tunnel while people scrubbed them. So dishwashers, 1850. Who would have thought? Oh, Jimmy, I didn't even give you a chance to guess. Jimmy, for who? what came first, car washer or dishwasher? <laughs> dishwashers. Dishwashers. Jimmy always gets it right. Always gets yes. it right. Very, very interesting. Look at look at Lindsay. Immediately got yes. that right. Let's hear from Alonzo Castaneda, VP of Brand Development at Strategy Savory Restaurant Fund. Which came first, the digital menu board or the first digital billboard? Um, I saw some very ugly versions of a digital menu board. Uh, several years ago. <laughs> so um, I think that might have came first. I'm going to say, Jimmy, same question. The digital menu board or the digital billboard, which came first? I've got digital billboard came first. Digital billboard. All right. So we're splitting here. We're splitting here. We're splitting here. Well, the answer actually is uh, Alonzo. The digital restaurant menu board came first. In 1990, Scott Sharon developed the first digital menu board for Arby's, an Arby's franchise in Richmond, Virginia. He had the first digital menu board. The first digital billboard was not installed until 2005. So there you go. Hospitality (laughs) was first with something. So we are not really all that slow. Next up, the big man, Scott Siegel, co-founder and CEO at Curbit. And the center of the branded basketball team. <laughs> what came first? The hospitality cash register or the retail store cash register? Oh, wow. Good question. I'm going to say the, uh, the hospitality cash register. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose the same question to Mr. Jimmy. Yeah. I'm thinking um, uh, NCR, um, you know, hundred something year old company. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Scott and say the uh, uh, the hospitality register came first. And I'm also gonna flag that the chats you got the new segment and you can't even get the freaking name of the segment right. Which came first? Which came first? But all right, I'm going with hospitality too. Okay, which came first, the <laughs> hospitality cash register or the retail cash register? But well, listen, guys, the hospitality cash register. The hospitality cash register first, 1879. James Riddy, bar owner, saloon owner, Dayton, Ohio, invented it. You know what, Jimmy? You'll appreciate this. Uh, Riddy was tired of having bartenders as his partners, stealing all the money. So he invented the register as part of an effort to stop or at least keep the money in his pocket. And, Jimmy, you were spot on because guess what? He sold his company. You know what it became? National Cash Register, NCR. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Let's hear from Tim McLaughlin, CEO of GoTab. All right, which came first, online Pizza Hut delivery order or the first online Amazon order? Pizza Hut, Amazon, what came first? Um, A book or a pizza? I'm going to go with Pizza Hut. I got to tell you, you would be right there. Pizza Hut, the first online food order ever was from Pizza Hut in 1994. Pizza Hut launched Pizza Net, allowing people who lived in Santa Cruz to order online. Pizza Hut Net actually became one of the first websites on the Internet, meaning pizza is probably the first the first thing that was bought and sold online was a pizza. 
You know, I mean, that's unbelievable. Now, if you look at the first purchase on Amazon, that was made in April of 1995, a year later, when John Wainwright, one of Jimmy's buddies, purchased the book <laughs> Hofstadler's Fluid Concepts. Tim, you probably read that. I've I have no it. idea yeah, what that great, is. You probably cool. read it for sure. Yeah. Fun fact, there is a building on Amazon's corporate campus called Wainwright Building in honor of their first customer. So there you have it. Restaurants, hospitality, we're not far behind. We're actually more advanced. We're cooler than Amazon, man. Our next guest comes from guest John Sherman, co-founder and CEO of Sticky's Finger Joint. I'm going to ask you which came first. The ability to make a restaurant reservation online or the ability to make an airline reservation online? What came first? Wow, that's a tough question. Good question. That's a good question. By the way, I've been wrong so many times on this. Well, I haven't asked you. I, I mostly forget to ask you. This is, time I'm not. Yes, I'm, you're not going to forget. I, I feel pretty good. I'm ready, but I'm letting John answer first. Honestly, my gut would have been airline, but I feel like coming from you, it's got to be restaurant. Jimbo? It was the airline. <laughs> it was the airline. It was the first online booking system was created in 1994, Southwest Airlines. Yep. However, however, restaurant reservations... Open table, 1998, only four Close, yes, I knew it was close. I knew so, it was close. Well, you know, so you think airline reservations, you'd be thinking, oh, I mean, I, they've been doing it that was 1858. 1858, <laughs> that's what I would have guessed. But yeah, but I got to tell you, 1994 Southwest, first airline, to, to do a 1998 open table. So open table's been around a long time and not that far behind uh, airline reservations. So interesting. Next guest, John DiLorento, president of Flip Dish USA. Good friend over there. The automated baggage claim at airports or the supermarket conveyor belt to checkout lane? Jimmy, I'm going to ask you next. <laughs> supermarket. Supermarket conveyor belts. Jimmy, what do you think? Airport, go get in your bag. Jimmy loves checking his bag, by the way. I love checking the, the baggage check. Love the baggage check. So I feel um, like he's definitely going to airline because he's like, I love it. I'm going. I'm going airline, baby. I'm going airline. And my right, my dad. Going my, airline. My, my dad I was trying to give some me. props for hospitality. Oh, yeah, and we no, can talk and I about. I appreciate it. You're right. And there we go. The supermarket conveyor belt was actually uh, in came to life in the fifties. There we the go. The automated baggage handling system at airports wasn't invented until 1971. By oh, a my little God. company that's still around, BNP Associates, out of Denver, Colorado, I believe. Next up, Mr. Danny Klein, editorial director at Food News Media. <laughs> All right, which came first, the vending machine or the bank ATM? I'm going to say the vending machine. Jimmy, would you care to weigh in man, on this? Man, I didn't get the question in advance. I couldn't Google it. I got to answer honestly. I'm going with I'm going with the bank. I'm going with the bank machine because I want to I want to show that that we are antiquated and we are behind. And I, and I keep losing because it keeps turning out that the industry is not as behind as I thought. But I'm going bank machine. Well, this is really interesting because Danny Klein, as we know, is the smartest guy in the room right now. The vending machine was actually invented. In 1884, William Henry Fruin of Minneapolis patented his automatic liquid drawing device. And I got to tell you, he was dispensing, dispensing mineral water with a deposit of a coin back in 1884. 
it wasn't until 1969 that a small bank called Chemical Bank, Jimmy, you may remember Chemical Bank, in Rockville Center came up with the ATM, the automated teller machine. So you're saying I was about 80 years off, uh, only about 80. 80 years, but I got to be honest, <laughs> there you go. So in our food service, we were dispensing liquids in 1884. Unbelievable. This was a great one. Scott Gladstone, Senior Vice President, Strategy and Innovation of Dime Brands. Man, they got a bunch of restaurants. Which came first, the dumbwaiter or the boom lift? I mean, that's the thing that you see construction workers carrying up, you know, paint and equipment and, the, you know, the boom lift. OK, so the, the dumbwaiter or the boom lift, what came first? Uh, you know, based on the setup, I'm going to go dumbwaiter. Jimmy? I was hoping you'd forget to ask me. Well, I'd love to be a contrarian because it makes it more fun to see which one of us got it right. I got to tell you, I'm going to agree with Scott. Um, I've, I've been accused of when back when I used to work front of house, I've been accused of being a dumbwaiter. But respectfully, I believe the dumbwaiter itself came before the boom lift. Yeah, I think we're going to have to set this up a little differently in the future. <laughs> but yes, you are both correct. <laughs> the dumbwaiter, the dumbwaiter did come first. Uh, it's actually been used for thousands of years. Actually, um, Jimmy, you may have seen this 200 BC in Rome when you were much younger. Yes. Uh, they were using the dumbwaiter. And then uh, the first boom lift was not invented until 1951 by our friend over uh, Walter E. Thornton. Jimmy, your old buddy, William E. Yep. Thornton, uh, came up with a dumbwaiter when he had a hard time uh, figuring out how to get paint and cement up uh, up to the 10th floor of a building he was building. Yeah, you know, back, so you both are Back right. when I was hanging at yeah. your uh, your estate out in Long Island uh, that's you know, 125 yes. years old, I noted they right. had the dumbwaiter, so I figured they had to oh. come first. I mean, your estate still yes. uses them. So multiple dumbwaiters. Use, use the dumbwaiter yes. in all your properties. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Put the kids in there. Next up is Kimberly Smith, CEO of Copian. Man, they are doing some really cool stuff. I know Jimmy spent a lot of time at Brant Lake, and he loved making pottery, and 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 it was big in the arts and crafts. He was never oh, out on huge. the field. He was, you know. So which came first, the electric kiln or the electric toaster oven? Ooh, I'm very. Just remember, very... Jimmy was at Camp Brant Lake back in uh, which was that? 19 what? Yeah. It was 1978 that I was, uh, was I was making pottery in the kiln. Oven. I was doing, I was, they called me Mr. Arts and Crafts, I tell you. Mr. Arts and Crafts. Kiln or the electric toaster oven? Kiln. The electric kiln. Jimmy, I'm giving you a shot because I know you're Mr. Pottery. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I've been, I've been getting crushed in this category. So I'm going to say the electric toaster came first. At Jimmy, the electric toaster oven was invented in 1910 by Mr. William Hadaway. A great name. I have one of his toasters at home right now while he was working at Westinghouse. And I think uh, we still have a Westinghouse toaster in our house. The electric kiln was patented in 1931 by Mr. Uh, uh, Josea. I'm probably saying it wrong. Merrill. And thank goodness for him because we love pottery. But let me tell you something. Toasting my bagel. I don't know where I'd be without that. So thank goodness for Mr. William Hadaway and the electric toaster oven. 
And I get to close it out. Next up comes the infamous, the legendary Robert Earl, co-founder of Virtual Dining Concepts and chairman of Earl Enterprises. I was at the Grosvenor House in 1974. Sir Elton John walked in. I can't tell you what happened on it. You're going you're to get us disinvited to the reopening of Planet Hollywood in New York. We, we barely got we barely got invited to the, uh, to the early bird special. You're going to get us kicked out. All right. Take it away, Mr. Earl. Which came first? The clothing iron or the waffle iron? Ooh. Clothing iron or the waffling iron? The clothing iron. Jimbo, do, would you care to take I a guess? I just don't have the uh, the nerve or confidence to disagree with Mr. Earl, so I'm going the clothing iron came first. I got to tell you, you know, everybody would have thought the clothing iron, right? But no, the oh. waffle iron was created in 1869 by Mr. Cornelius Swathout of Troy, New York. He was thinking waffles for his kids. He knew how much everyone loves waffles. The clothing iron, because nobody wants to iron clothes, was not till 13 years later when Mr. Henry Seeley patented the electric flat iron in 1882. By the way, patent number 259054. I so it was a that. waffle iron. I dispute that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I Googled it. I Googled it and Googled it again. But uh, I will I will make a note that we have a you, dispute, Julie, our producer. You, will never, have to, uh, you verify. never said you never said electric. Uh, I can show you. I can show you back uh, in medieval England oh, times. Very true. You didn't say electric. You up. You are right, sir. You are right. We didn't say electric. Julie, we did not say electric this, waffle iron. Yeah, you got to figure the one. The iron, they were probably taking a piece of rock yes. and putting it on, yes. on a fire well, and sticking it on a guy's rock. shirt. Back in I like it was Roman rock, times. but it was definitely a piece of steel with a flat side, heated. Yeah. Oh, man. Nice job. All right. Well, anyway, the point is the Waffle Iron 1869. Damn it. That's old anyway. Thank you so much, Sterling, for being an excellent co-host. Once again, you are solidifying your place uh, as one of, our, one of our key and instrumental figures on the podcast. Uh, to our listeners. We can't thank you enough for tuning in with us. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and the fact you choose to hang with us is something we appreciate and we value. We hope you enjoyed this best of episode, and we hope you can tune in for all of them. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. You don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we have coming up in the future. Better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. This is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off. We're going around the horn. Mr. Schatzberg. This is Ron Burgundy, uh, a.k.a. the restaurant guy. Cheers, everybody. This is Sterling Douglas, the technology guy. Thanks for joining. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>